Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. This football season, if you find yourself needing legal representation, you're going to want the best. Marcos Garza and his team are the premier DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury lawyers in East Tennessee. They will do their best to get you the best result possible no matter what your case is. Garza Law offers free consultations seven days a week. Call them anytime, day or night. They will be there for you, 865-540-8300. That's 865-540-8300. You can look them up online at GarzaLaw.com. Before you say guilty, say Garza. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Wednesday, September 1st. It's the first of the month. We got football tomorrow as Tennessee takes on Bowling Green. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Happy to be here. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, stressed episode. My dog's sick. But we have to proceed. Give the people what they need because the season starts tomorrow. Couldn't delay it. Couldn't cancel it. Couldn't push it back. Might be a little bit of a shorter episode, but let's get rolling. Seth, chilly temperature. Where you at? Give us an update. 75. I was at 65 last week. I'm climbing up. Turn your mic down a little bit. That was booming my ears. Apologies. You're good. When the chili's at a 75, there's nothing you can really do. Okay. That's a trend I've noticed. People working themselves up into being more excited. If you're gonna ha- if you're gonna be a fan, you might as well have fun. And as far as I can tell, Tennessee is undefeated. So I'm gonna have fun while they're undefeated. Should be for at least another nine days. At least, at the very least. At the very least. So I'm gonna have fun. Maybe for like twenty eight days or so, twenty seven days, however many it is until the Florida game. We might be undefeated for damn near a month. So my chili's getting warmer because the balls are undefeated. Baby Cam locked down the starting position at quarterback as we predicted. As we predicted, which was the best case scenario for this team, in my opinion. Um so we have Terrell Davis at running back as we talked about, and um I'm ready to beat the hell out of the Falcons. I do love that Joe Milton is basically our only hope. Like, he is – no one's really excited for any other players. I mean, I know there's some guys on the team. Warren Burrell. I'm talking to the president of the Warren Burrell fan club. Brother Warren Burrell. I am excited to watch him be a ball hawk. Jalen Hyatt, whatever, any of those guys. But the 
basically the only player anyone's talking about is Joe Milton. And people have memed themselves into thinking he is a stud. Maybe he is. We shall see. His thumb was hurt at Michigan. I was wondering what the injury was because I was telling my dad earlier this over the weekend. My dad was like, do you think he'd be, be better? And I was like, I don't know. John keeps telling me he had surgery and he's healthy now. I was like, I don't even know what's hurt. I don't even know if he had surgery. But John keeps telling me he did. So apparently he's healthy now, Dad. So it was a thumb. Yes, he couldn't grip the football set. Oh, okay, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I'm not even like – I'm just excited to see somebody else under center. I think that's what it comes down to for everyone else. It's not even about – Joe Milton, I don't think he'll be very good in the grand scheme of whoa. things. Whoa, 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 whoa. And I don't know that it, I don't think it'll necessarily be his fault because we have six offensive linemen. So, but I'm just excited to see somebody else back there different. I think Milton will at least be able to make some things happen with his legs if he needs to. Um, not that he's a burner or Josh Dobbs or anything, but he's not a statue, which he'll be faster than dual-threat quarterback Jarek Garantano, I imagine. I'm just excited to see somebody else. That's really all that matters. That's that's all it is. Like It's it's not Jarek Garantano. We have someone new. Now, the honeymoon phase might not last forever. You know, it's like dating someone new. You find someone new, and they're the best person in the world. And then you're like, oh, wait, there actually aren't. I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, I had it better before. I don't think anyone's going to be begging for Jarrett Garantano to come back. But we'll see. We're in the honeymoon phase right now with Big Joe Milton, the pharmacist, slanging pills. The pharmacist. Maybe we stay there. Maybe we fall deeply, madly in love. Maybe he's that guy. His thumb is healed, Seth. They did have surgery. He replaced the torn ligaments in his thumb. It's pretty hard to play quarterback if you can't grip a football. That's true. Imagine trying to throw a football without a thumb, gripping underneath it. As someone that's broke my thumb twice, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I can't go out there and play catch very long, much less play D1 football. Keep in mind, this is the same guy Urban Meyer looked at and said, who is that cat in 2018? He jumps off the page at you. He jumps off the screen. Imagine how good he's going to look in those strobe lights that we're getting ready to unveil. <laughs> He's gonna look like he's gonna look like damn Freddy Krueger mixed with Michael Myers mixed with Jason Voorhees coming. It's true. He's a villain. He's a villain. The other team's gonna be terrified of him. Who is that? They're gonna ask. Maybe you don't really want Freddy Krueger. He's not very intimidating. I mean, he's just kind of ugly. He's from but, Joe Milton. His brother Joe is is from Florida, right? He is. That is correct. He's from Pahokee. So I mean, he might have a little homecoming in the swamp. Pahokee's got some players. I've always said that. If you got some ball players from Pahokee, you're doing okie dokie. So I'm excited for Baby Cam, a.k.a. the pharmacist, a.k.a. Brother Joe. I'm looking forward to staying undefeated as well. The way I've been saying it, I think here are the two storylines coming out of the season opener. Number one, how does Joe Milton look? Slash the offense. Number two, game day presentation. That's what I think the two storylines will be. You know, the changes Dr. Danny's making, the lights, the, the, the new traditions we're going to try to put in, I guess. The attendance, all those things. I think that'll be the second most talked about thing. Do you, do you agree or disagree? Uh, 
I think people will be talking. Yeah, I think that the game day presentation will be up there just in terms of how all that stuff looks, how many people are there, is it loud, um, does it look like a joke that we have a DJ on the field? Hopefully, SEC Network doesn't show him. No offense to Brother Sterl the Pearl. But, um, yeah, I think that will be a story as well. Yeah, I think everyone mainly is just wanting to see the offense. I'm curious to see how we look in terms of, like, pre-snap penalties, just like our organization of the organization of the on-field product. Do we have a lot of, like, are we running around with our head cut off? I mean, how many times did I felt what was it Pruitt? We kept what did Pruitt we kept having too many men on the field having to call timeout? Was that it with Pruitt? Yeah, that was it. There was that one moment against was it Georgia where we had three straight on on a punt where we had too many men on the field, is yeah, that right? Something like that. I mean, it was embarrassing. So hope I'm looking for stuff like that. Like, are we just kind of crisp? I guess it was a legal formation, not too many men on the field. Surely his dumbass could count to eleven. It was something, it was a pre-snap penalty, though, that was, like, strictly, like, organization and just discipline. It was a legal formation. It was a legal formation. So, I'm looking at stuff like that. Like, do we, are we lined up on defense correctly? Like, we're not, you know, I mean, it's a new system in the first game of the year, so there's going to be some, you know, bugs or whatever. But do we look like we kind of have an idea of what we're doing? That wouldn't impress me. It would just depress me if we didn't. Exactly, exactly. Well, my my hopes aren't high for this coaching staff, so I'm just kind of curious. Do we like look like we have any idea what we're doing? But yeah, I'm looking forward to the light show as well. This is going to be as close. This is going to be as close to a scrimmage as you can get with the you know level of opponent, I believe. So hopefully you you go ahead, you take care of business. I think they need to let Joe Milton look as good as possible. They do. You know, the more deep balls you hit, the more points you score, I think the more people come to watch you play Pittsburgh. On the flip side, if you try to do those things and he doesn't look good, that could you know take the air out of the cells for some people. But he should be able to do it against Bowling Green. These should be open throws. Yeah. Air it out. Let's see what happens. Let's try to... Look as good as possible. I assume you are not coming up to Knoxville for the game. Correct. Are you coming for Pittsburgh? Yes. All right, let's uh let's go ahead, I guess. Let's let's run through the season. How are we feeling as we are on the doorstep of the Josh Heupel era? Do you wanna go record? You wanna go game by game? What do you want to do? I'll just go game by game. All right, go ahead. You obviously nailed it last year. <laughs> what, what, what did we predict last year? I really don't remember. Because I know we were all mad about the schedule. We probably said 7-3, and three, bro. Yeah, I'm sure we did. I remember, like, last year, the year before, one of us picking, like, we, we, we thought we might beat Alabama and, like, going on the podcast uh, and saying, picking that. That was before the season. That was Yeah, that was before the, the season. Yeah, it was before the season, yeah. But, like, no, like, way before the season. Way before the season. Um, and it, it wasn't a pick to beat Alabama. It was Alabama was in play. And that was whenever they had like seven straight games and we were coming off a of bye week. And then the SEC schedule, that messed it all up. And I retracted that just for the record. Okay. COVID hit us hard, bro. COVID hit us hard. This, this <laughs> roster is talented. Top 20 roster in the country. I don't know if you saw that. 
I did not, but uh We have the nineteenth most talent in the country. I'll take that I'll take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> COVID redo. COVID redo. Well, I have a starting out three and zero. I don't really even need to go game by game because the first three opponents are beneath me, and they're beneath you. So you have us beating Pittsburgh on Saturday, September eleventh. Yes, yes, of course. Duh. There's a reason why Johnny Majors left Pitt to come to Tennessee. Because we're better. Simple ass. Yeah, we're gonna beat them. Uh, the only thing I dread about that game is the heat at 11 a.m. Central Time or noon Eastern. Being in the heat, that's going to suck. We are an Eastern Time Zone podcast. But, you know, I don't even, I haven't even thought about Pittsburgh. Uh, they're beneath me. They're beneath us. They're beneath you. They're beneath the listeners. 3 and 0, heading to the swamp, September 25th, Seth, Tennessee at Florida. Tennessee will lose handily. Chili's cooling down a little bit. Florida will have some defensive end that is all of a sudden amazing. It will be drafted high, and or a defensive back one that will just terrorize us, and it'll be miserable. And there will be some stupid UT fans that decide to go to that game. And I'm telling you now, if you're listening, do not make that trip. Do not go. Nothing but heartache awaits. Then we go to Missouri. What is your prediction? We're doing yours first. I have a loss at Missouri. Okay, so three and two, heading home to play the the Gamecocks. I think Eli can coach a little bit. I like Eli. I think Eli can coach a little bit. I have three and two. I have, I have UT three and two. Tennessee will beat South Carolina. Tennessee will beat Ole Miss. Wow, this chili's heating up, boys. Five and two, heading into. Bryant-Denny Stadium, Tuscaloosa, the number 22 Tennessee Volunteers taking on the number three Alabama Crimson Tide. Tennessee will lose badly. Okay. <laughs> then we have a bye week, thankfully. We'll get to have a Halloween off, get to enjoy Halloween. Then we go to Kentucky. Um, I have UT losing at Kentucky. Boo! I can hear the crowd booing Seth. Boo! Losing to Georgia. Handedly. Yes, badly. Beating South Alabama and Vanderbilt. So what does that equal? Eight and four. Eight and four? No, seven and five. Seven and five. Seven and five, yeah. I was going to say, you can't. Yeah, I had this losing to Missouri. I mean, your scenario there is pretty... Feasible, and that's a seven and five season. I think people would be okay with that. I think that, yeah, I mean, that it would definitely surpass my expectations uh, six months ago or whenever it was that we hired them. Schedule's so easy. Like all, like the only thing I did is that look. If you're playing a home game against a team that isn't that doesn't have elite talent, beat them. That's all I'm saying. Like, does Ole Miss like they score a ton of points, but like. I'm not sold on the quarterback or whatever. Like, he'll be pretty good with Kiffin, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But, like, do they even have above-average talent? Maybe. If they do, I think Tennessee probably does. Just win the home games that aren't against – that isn't against Georgia. Win the home games that aren't against Georgia. 
win the home games that aren't against Georgia. I mean, it's really that simple to have a good season. You don't have to win any road game. No, you don't have to win a single road game, and Heupel's first season will be a success. I've said it once. I'll say it again. This is the easiest schedule Josh Heupel will have here at Tennessee. I also said it might be the best roster he'll have at Tennessee. That's yet to be seen. If he adds, you know, Walter Nolan, maybe you know next year might be a little bit better. But it's it's going to be one of the best. It's his best chance to strike. Seven and five would be good. That would actually build some goodwill at the fan base. You know, people aren't going to be doing backflips by any means, but you'll be able to sell that to people. Yeah. You won't be having to give away student tickets. Buy one, get one. We give away seven thousand. Buy one, get one tickets. I mean, not literally, but. Sold 14,000 student tickets. If they bought one, they got a free guest. So I don't know how many actually were the free ones. But, you know, if you go 7-5, and five, people will get on board. Might have to do flash sales for $19. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any issue with the predictions you made. I think you can flip Missouri and Kentucky if you want. I mean, I'd... I mean, uh, oh, you had, wait, no, you had sorry, no, I had, I had us losing both. No, never mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, you had a 7-5 and five, losing to both, so. Um, but I think that, you know, I mean. I mean I, surely we, surely we, we win one road game. One of those two three. games are winnable. Like, those, both of those games are very, very winnable. But I would say Ole Miss is losable. And Ole Miss is losable. Ole Miss and Pittsburgh both losable. So you just assume you win the home ones. Assume you lose the road ones. That's fine. I haven't looked at Kentucky's schedule. We're coming off a of bye week. I don't know what they're coming off of. Well, let's 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 look them up. We play them the weekend after Halloween. We play them November sixth. Yes, we play so November sixth, the weekend before they are in Starkville. Okay, so they'll be ready to defend the pass. So they they have a pretty brutal stretch. They have October second. They have Florida. October ninth. They have LSU. October sixteenth. They go to Georgia. Then they have a bye week, then they go two states, and then they have UT at home. So they might be beat up by the time we get to them. One can hope, anyway. Seven and five. You heard it from Seth Hughes. Lock it down. Any other thoughts you want to get on wax before we go to some patron questions? No, I, I, I love you, and I love all our patrons. <laughs> For those in need of insurance, give John Runyon and Farm Bureau Insurance in Maryville a call. He can take care of your home, auto, renters, and life insurance needs. Farm Bureau is a 10-time-in-a-row winner of the J.D. Power Award for Highest in Customer Satisfaction in the Southeast Region and the number one life insurance company in the state of Tennessee. I've known John for over 15 years. I trust him with my insurance. I got my car insurance and my life insurance through him. He is quick to respond. He will take care of his customers, even me, who's always texting him like, hey, um, a little bit late. I know it's like the first of the month, but uh, I need to go ahead and pay this so I'm not insurance. Look, I'm not great. I'm not perfect, but John takes care of it for me. He can bundle your policies to get you the best rate possible and will not push anything on you that he does not think you need. His goal is to take care of his customers and protect them and their families just like he protects me. Farm Bureau is a big supporter of Tennessee Athletics as the Farm Bureau logo is all over Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. So remember, supporting John is basically supporting Tennessee Athletics and me, my personal friend. Give him a call at 865-982-2559. That's 865-982-2559 for a quote and tell him John Reed sent you. All right, let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. If you want access to the game day Discord, it's always a fun treat for the game threads. Some interaction. We got a uh, our NFL survivor pool fired up. 
got a lot of people in it so far. $11 to get in. If you don't know what a survivor pool is, join the Discord. You can get in it. Patrons only for that. Let's see. Going to take t-shirt orders tonight. I think we have our design locked in, ready to go. Going to put up a t-shirt thread to take orders. I think we got some people that can make them for us, so that's good. Appreciate the uh, you know patron grit for helping us out there. And let's get to some new patrons. Let's start. We got new $5 patron, Curtis Brotherton. Shout out to Brother Curtis Brotherton. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Keaton. Shout out to Brother Keaton. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Derek. Shout out to Brother Derek. We love you and appreciate you. New $20 patron, Seth Jolly. Shout out to Brother Seth. We love you very much and appreciate you. And uh, Zach Elliott upped his pledge from $10 to $50. Shout out to Zach. Shout out to Brother Zach. We love you. Appreciate you. We support the troops. Brother Zach and Brother Seth, troops. We support both of them. We support and love our troops. We love our patron troops. We love our patron troops. We love all of our patrons, but we love our troops a lot, especially at the $50 and $20 level, so they get most of our love. Uh, Brother Stare mentions that uh, Lane Kiffin is 0-2 against Josh Heupel. Is that true? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know uh, exactly what the talent level is there with. And and, And Coral... Have an extended stay on Burrow Island. He brings up a good point there. Not many, not many men are gonna get. Not many men that go to Burrell Island return alive. Well, Coral's a quarterback. He can throw the ball the other way. Oh, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. We'll see. It's not. It's not that easy. I don't know if I will call. Again, he's over two. He's zero and two against the hype man. That is true, but Central Florida was recruiting at a much higher level than Florida Atlantic was. All I'll say is that Brother Stare, who we love, posted only facts. That's true. He is not lying about anything other than Coral having an extended stay on Burl Island. That might or might not happen. Who knows? So, yeah, just a little food for thought. All right, hit us with some questions. Brother Tennessee, aka VG, aka Baby Cam Truther, has asked me for about the four straight podcast. My favorite out of place artifact. I spent some time looking up out of place artifacts in honor of Brother Baby Cam Truther, and I would like to say that my favorite is the Baghdad Battery, which is a possibly a, gal, a galvanic cell that was found. Um, I think was made maybe. Over a century before Jesus was born, 150 BC, um, they had batteries. So I would like to say that is my favorite out of place artifact. I think it's pretty amazing. Tell us what the hell an artifact, out of place artifact is. So it's like a, it, an out of place artifact is an artifact that is found in an unusual context. So there's one that's a mechanical computer from second century BC that was found. Um, in, in from ancient Greece, from the Hellenistic period, and then there's the battery that was found, obviously, in Baghdad from the BC days. So it's just artifacts that you would have expected to find centuries later. Okay. There has been a like like there's a Norwegian a Viking coin found an 11th century Viking coin found in Maine, which some people argue is you know proof that the Vikings had contact with Native Americans. Can you imagine? What were those conversations like? You know what? Never mind. Let's move on. Let's move on. It probably wasn't peaceful. 
Yeah, let's move on. I don't want to think about the bloodshed. Brother Will, in honor of Bonnaroo getting canceled, how much money would it take for Seth to go to all four days of Bonnaroo, including camping and lack of easy access to a shower? I, I, I don't know. I mean, nothing crazy. Not being able to take a shower is undoubtedly... Your biggest obstacle. Yeah. Not being able to wash my hands when they're sticky because nothing on earth is worse than my hands being sticky. But we could get you some wet wipes, maybe. So, I, I don't know. $10,000? I'd probably do it for ten k. You said nothing crazy. $10,000 seems kind of crazy to watch, you know, 60 really good music artists play. I mean, really good. Really good. That seems like a stress. There's probably like, there's probably like 10 people there that I would be interested in seeing. That doesn't mean the others aren't very good at what they do. I think you could learn. I think you have an open mind. I think you would appreciate what they're doing. I think you would appreciate that they're good. I Listen, there's one person I absolutely would not go to see, and that's Jack Harlow. And in fact, every woman I saw, if Jack Harlow was there, I would tell them to watch out, to watch their drinks, because Jack Harlow's on the loose. I really thought you were going to say Lizzo, who was uh, one of the headliners. <sighs> I didn't even know. I didn't know Lizzo was still a thing. She is. She was headlining Bonnaroo. I really thought you were going to say Lizzo. I, I also, I did not know that Bonnaroo got canceled. Yeah, the hurricane got them. Oh, Hurricane Ida. Yeah, they just couldn't get, they said they couldn't get the uh, their vehicles in to set up. They said it was just a mud pit. They couldn't you know, get set up, basically. It'd be like that sometimes. It does be like that sometimes. The The replies on the announcement on Twitter, Seth, I think you should just go through and read. In your free time, you'll get some good laughs. There were some people very, very angry. Oh, I bet. I know that... People uh, that had driven 20 hours that had just gotten there oh. by the time they canceled it. <laughs> people that had been in the air flying there as it got canceled. People thinking that Bonnaroo can protect, predict the weather. They should have been prepared for a hurricane in Tennessee. <laughs> Yeah, just a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of dumb posts. A lot, a lot of people mad. I think you'd get a good kick out of it. Well, it'd be like that sometimes. I hope uh, you know anybody that's disappointed. I know Brother Matt Brad Kyle, our beloved patron, is a big Bonnaroo guy. We don't hold it against them. We still love Matthew. I think Brother Curtis was also excited for it, as was Brother Jacob. All of them are going. We do hold it against Brother Curtis. We do hold it against Brother Curtis, but you know we still love them. Um, I hope they weren't too disappointed. I almost thought about going to Bonnaroo. You're you're a music festival guy now. It's the showers, though. It is the access to a shower. I, I don't know if I could camp. I really I need to take a shower after I sweat, like pretty much pretty immediately. Yeah. And I'm not much of a drug guy. When I say not much of a drug guy, I'm not a drug guy at all. I mean, I guess in Montana I took like a weed brownie, but I mean, that's it. I'm more of a drinker, and drinking dehydrates you, and it's hard for me to drink four straight days, so that I would be pretty miserable. Like, when I went to Montana, the festival started, like, at noon every day, and I didn't get there till like, 7 p.m. I did not care about the other people. I was just there for, like, kind of, like, the main headliners and, like, maybe one or two other shows. Mm-hmm. With Bonnaroo, it feels like it was more spaced out of guys that you wanted to see, so $10,000 is lower than I thought, I guess, but still a little too expensive. Just go there and have fun, man. Just listen to music. All four days, though, all four days might be key. I think we can get you there for a Friday, Saturday. For yeah, sure. yeah, for sure, for cheaper. I think by Sunday, you'd be so tired. By Thursday, it'd be like, I don't really want to see these guys. Yeah. That's fair. Let's move on. But Brother Hank, we all know we love Milton, a.k.a. Baby Cam, but what are your realistic expectations for him in game AKA one? A.k.a. the pharmacist. A.k.a. the pharmacist. Brother Hank, we all know we love Milton, a.k.a. Baby Cam, a.k.a. The Pharmacist. 
but what are your realistic expectations for him in game one, and do we cover and your honest opinions? I think he's going to throw for the number I have in my head. Let's, I mean, you know, whatever. We might go past it. I, I, I don't think it'll be much crazier. I think it's going to look a lot like the game he had against Minnesota. Okay. Where he throws, I mean, a little bit more yards throwing, but like 260 yards. I mean, I think we're going to have a lot of long runs, too. Yeah. I think we're going to pop a lot of runs, and I think we'll call the dogs off, you know, halfway through the third quarter. I, I'm I'm thinking he'll have 260 yards, three, you know, three total touchdowns, two rushing, one or two passing, one rushing, maybe one interception. Something like, I mean, I don't know how many passes he's going to throw, like maybe 21 of 28 or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. 21 of 30. Good question, though, Hank. I mean, like I said, I think he'll have three or four total touchdowns. I think he'll turn the ball over once. I don't think he's going to go crazy on yards. If he did, I mean, like, Josh Heupel should go crazy on yards, but I don't think he will. I'm predicting somewhere around 260, 270. Do we cover 35 and a half? I mean, that seems crazy. That's how bad Bowling Green is that we're favored by 35 and a half. That's a lot of points. 48 to 10 seems like a realistic score. You know, 51 14, also a realistic score. Both of those are covers. I guess I'll lean towards yes because that's how bad Bowling Green is, and I really, truly think that Josh Heupel needs to make a statement and get some confidence for his team. So I'll say yes, but I am not betting on it. That is not me giving gambling advice. I'm just answering a question. Brother Parker, score predictions for Thursday night's World Cup qualifier between the United States and El Salvador. El Salvador has a soccer team? 3-0. 3-0, excuse me, 3-0. 3-0. I have Josie Altador scoring a brace. I don't I don't think he's on the team still. Is with he? um with um Claudio Reyna's youngest son, young young son scoring the the other goal. A brace is two goals. He's not, I don't believe. Is a brace two goals? I've never heard it. Is Altador still on the team? I know he's still in MLS. A brace is two goals. Yes, correct. No, he is not on the team. So I've never heard that actually for the the brace part of it. I've Pulisic will score a brace, and I think his name is Gio Gio Reyna. Yeah, Reyna's good. Um, he'll score the he'll score the third goal. I assume he plays in a position that can score, but honestly, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, three nothing, or excuse me, three nil, three nil. You heard it here first, Parker. Lock it in. Brother Wes, I thought about going. I thought about going Sunday to the U.S. Canada game. Is that a World Cup qualifier as well? Yeah, but then I decided against it. I was like, ah, I'm going to be driving to Nashville the next weekend for the Titans game. So I was like, I don't want to drive two weekends in a row. Yeah, that's just talking soccer with Seth and John. Let's move on. Brother West Tennessee Ben for both. What's more likely to happen? Josh wins the SEC East slash his pod by the 2026 season. Or Josh and Danny are both gone by the 26th season. The latter. I mean, <laughs> I would make the latter a minus 1,000 favorite. He also asked, what's the best part of a football game? Uh, for me, it's when uh, they form the T and Tennessee runs to the T. Second is leaving the game with my best friend, Luke. In the third quarter, saying, why the hell do we do this? <laughs> the best part of a football game to me, I mean, the first six minutes of the fourth quarter is pretty important. First six or seven minutes. But, you know, some games that's not very important. 
I mean, maybe most consistently, I'll say, which, you know, some fourth quarters are completely meaningless, all right? So I guess the most bang for the buck is the last, like, three minutes before the first half ends. I love seeing if a team can double dip someone else. Can you manage the game properly or you score, get a stop, and score again? Or, you know, score right before half, get the ball and score right out. I'll go the last three minutes of the first half is my favorite part of a football game. Just because sometimes fourth quarters are meaningless. And I think the, the, Josh ain't winning the East, right? No. I was talking about this today. Like, what are the realistic, like, expectations for Hype? What are, what are the goals? Not, not expectations. What are the goals for him? Uh, big, I don't know. I mean, like, do, is anybody saying the goal of winning the East? I haven't seen anybody saying he needs to win the East within four years. Like, with Hype, with uh, Pruitt, we kind of thought that. But I haven't seen anybody saying Josh Hype needs to win the East by year four or five. No yeah. one's even setting that for him. I think if we got to eight and four, nine and three, everyone would be pleasantly surprised. I'd be stunned. Right. So, much more likely that they are gone. Within five years. Yes. Brother Sir Lancelot, if you were Vegas, what are the odds that Tennessee makes it to 6-1 and one before Alabama? Disclaimer, my chili is nuclear right now. You should get that checked out, Brother Sir Lancelot. All right, let's set the odds. So Tennessee is going to win tomorrow. The Pittsburgh game, I think Tennessee is going to be favored by two or three points. They're going to be like minus 130, 150, somewhere around there. Tennessee Tech's a, a given. Florida, I assume, is your loss. You're going to lose that game, most likely. So who do you have to beat after that? Let me pull the schedule back up. I know we should know, but hold on. Who else we got to beat after that? Missouri and South Carolina and Ole Miss. If I set the odds at 12 to 1, 12 to 1 odds, do you take them? If, if you can bet $100 to win 1,200, Seth, would you take it on Tennessee to go 12 and 1? Yeah, just because that's a good bet, not because I actually think that'll happen, because I don't think they're Right, but I mean, the, the odds, I mean, you, you got to beat Pitt. Yeah, I would take that bet, Missouri, yeah. Missouri, South Carolina, Ole Miss, that's all you got to beat. Would you, would you take 12 to 1 odds on it? I would take it, yeah. What about 8 to 1 odds? 100 to win 800, would you take that? No, I would not. Okay, what about uh, 1,000? Yeah, I would take 100 to 1,000, yeah. So 10 to 1. There, there are the odds right there. So like a lot. 10 to 1. Seth, do you want to bet that? I'll give you $1,000 if we're 6 and 1. You can give me 100 if we're not. <laughs> I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll keep my we, money. We, we can book that bet if you actually want it. 10 to 1, sort of like a lot. That's the, that's the odds I'm giving it. I mean, that probably, like I said, you got two given wins between Bowling Green and Tech. Let's just go ahead and write those off. So basically, you've got a four-team parlay that you have to hit with Pitt at Missouri, South Carolina, Ole Miss. You're going to be favored in the Pitt game and the South Carolina game and probably slight underdogs for Ole Miss and Missouri. The actual odds on this, if you bet it game by game, will probably come in around 12.5, 13-1. But if I'm booking it, I'd say at 10-1. Just because you guys are sheep and would bet on it. Not you, Sterling's a lot. You're not a sheep. I'm just saying there'll be enough Tennessee fans to bet on it. You know who you are. User Brooks. Brother Brizzy with a new question this week. Glad to see Brother Brizzy is alive. Yep, glad he's back. 
What game does Baby Cam, aka the pharmacist, aka Joe Milton, surpass 3,000 yards passing and 30 touchdowns? Rushing included. Game 12. Florida 2022. Yeah, I was going to say, I might even <laughs> next year, honestly, but like 3,000 passing. I mean, you can average 260 and get to that basically within 12 games. Is that right? I mean, it might even be a little bit lower than that. Maybe like 240. Yeah, that's some good rough math. Some good rough, rough math. 3,000 divided by 12. 250, yeah. So you can get 250. Then I get you to 3,000 yards. Three touchdowns a game. I mean, as much as we're going to be, like, on offense, I think he can do that. I'll say he gets it done this year, but it'll probably be the last game. I think we'll have enough garbage time against bad teams – or against good teams that will kind of help him. But also, he probably won't be going crazy against the Tennessee Techs of the world. And I just said I guess Bowling Green's going to be around 250, 260, so he won't be, like, too crazy there either. So, I'll say game 12, but I think he gets there this year. Three touchdowns a year, three touchdowns for the season. That's not too much to ask, unless he gets benched. But he's not getting benched because he is going to be awesome. It's going to be so good. A quarterback like we've never had before. Brent Brent Schaefer on steroids. Jonathan Crompton that was actually good. Josh Dobbs that's a little bit more accurate that doesn't care about studying. He's all those guys rolled into win one. Next question. Brother Richmond, thoughts on Georgia Clemson? I was able to get the dogs plus 140, and I feel pretty confident. How do you feel about that game? I've been going back and forth on it. Um, I Honestly, I haven't really thought about any other game or team that much. Um, I guess I'm just not that excited about college football to begin with. Uh, there are no good guys in college football. That's what I've been talking about on the radio, like – to have, like, interest from people in sports, like, when their team's not good, you have to have storylines and good guys. Like, college football is just all bad guys. I don't want to root for Dabo's bitch ass. I don't like Dabo at all anymore. I don't like Kirby Smart. I don't want to root for either one of those teams. Nick Saban seems good enough, I guess, but enough. I don't want to root for them. Like, is our is our babyface really Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma? Because they're not some, like, scrappy underdog. That's kind of my problem with college football. I think Clemson's – I saw Jesse Simonton put this out, friend of the podcast. You know, basically Clemson's five stars are all basically playing. Eight of their ten five stars are playing, whereas Georgia, their big talent, talent advantage comes from, like, a lot of freshmen that will be there. And how much can you rely on a freshman in the first game of the year, especially a big one like this? So I tend to lean towards Clemson winning. I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia won, honestly, but I guess I'll pick Clemson. I know he has plus 40 dogs, so I hope you win, but I mean, I don't know who I'm rooting for because, again, fuck Dabo, but, again, fuck Georgia, so I might just not watch. Who knows? Uh, How much did Georgia lose on defense? Buddy, I don't know. Why are you asking me that? I don't have a clue. You just said, are you, you setting you, me up for failure? You told, you told me a lot of freshmen are playing. Well, I just, you know, I'm saying, no, I said a lot of their five-stars are freshmen. So I, I have Clemson winning. I have Clemson winning. Dabo in a big game, I'll take him over Kirby. Uh, even though, I mean, DJ, you know, however you say his last name, you know, he's played some, so it won't be his first taste. He's done well in big moments before, you know, he's played well in big moments before. Um, I, I have, I have 
Clemson in, in a big game over over Georgia. It's Georgia in a big game. I mean, I've got that's Clemson. where I'm at too. I'm going with Clemson to win, but I don't feel good about rooting for them because fuck Clemson. So I have Clemson, uh, brother Richmond, three twenty five. But I hope you win money. I guess even though I really don't want Georgia to win, but I love you so much that I'll, I'll accept it as long if it means you get to you make some money. So brother Bob. Part of the Milton Militia, who is the most average, who is the Discord user that possesses, that is, a, that is possessed with the most average intelligence? I truly think I might be the answer. Now, I mean, granted, there are 300 people in the Discord. I would say 60 probably actively post. Is that too high, too low? I think that's too low, isn't it? That actually post, maybe it is, maybe it's like more like 70 or 80. Now, you know, on game days, it'll be different, but there's probably, you know, 80 max. So I'm kind of judging off there compared to the people who are, you know, lurkers. I can't really judge their IQ. I feel like I'm kind of right in the middle. I mean, I'm pretty smart. I think if I took an IQ test, I mean, I don't know. If I took an IQ test, I think I'd be a little bit over 100, but not much. I get mad. I get mad at those memes, Seth. You would be high. You would be over 100 easily. I get mad at those memes where, like, the low IQ people and the high IQ people agree, and then the bad guys are the middle IQ people because I always feel like I fall in the middle IQ. We just got a lot of smart, a lot of smart people in the cord. Yeah. I'm not – I don't want to, like, overstate my intelligence. Like, I think there are at least, you know, 10 or 15 people off the top of my head I can think of as more intelligent than me. I think I'd be a pretty good case for the most average, to be honest. But, again, I think I'm over 100 – we just have a smart fan base here. We got a smart group of boys and girls. Yeah. Do you have a pick? I mean, it's okay to call me average. Uh, I, I was going to go with Levi. And you think Levi is ahead or below me, just for the record? Oh, Levi, you're ahead of Levi. Okay, good. I have you I have you with, with more than just a couple points above 100 IQ. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. But... I mean, I was good at the Wonderlick test when I took it. I got like a 49 on that. Your your verbal IQ score is much, much, much higher than average. So F for Levi. Sucks for him. But. He, he's just got some bad opinions about things that make me think he's a midwit. Okay. Shout out to uh, Levi, the artist formerly known as Popcorn Sutton. But yeah, that's all I have. That's all you have? That checks out. My dog's sick. I need to go take care of my dog. Let's see. We got to answer the Ted Lasso question just because it's been asked a couple times. I assume you're not familiar with Ted Lasso. I I don't I don't ask. I don't even know. Is that I know it's a show, but I, I've never I've never watched an episode. It's a good show. I do kind of agree with the critics that the second season is a little too happy. Not really any conflict in the second season. Although finally, this last episode. Spoiler alert, there was a little turn. I think we're going to hit some conflict and actually develop some depth this second season. It's a great show, though. It's a fun watch. Sudeikis is great as Ted Lasso. So the premise is, basically, he is a a guy that was like a community college football coach. He gets hired to go coach this Premier League team because the wife wants the Premier League team to fail because she's divorcing her husband, and he loves it, and she hates him. So it's got a little bit of like major league vibes to it, you know, where they're trying to lose basically. But he wins them over with his southern charm and his quirky sayings, and he's just really likable. So that's what Josh Hype would have to do. But at the same time, they're not very good. Spoiler alert, they get relegated in season one. So they still lose. They don't they aren't good. 
but they're likable. They're spunky underdogs. Second season seems they seem to be doing a little bit better. I don't know if Josh Heupel can get the, have that same charisma though as Ted Lasso. I don't picture him having very good uh, uh, sayings or cliches for him. I don't see him being able to bed the owner's wife. Spoiler alert, or the the owner's excuse me, not wife, the owner's uh, best friend. Spoiler alert. So I go. The odds are pretty low to the two people who asked that. So Ted Lasso has a lot of um, has has a lot of charisma. Yeah, yeah, he's oozing charisma. So it's going to be low for me that Josh uh, can be like Ted. Fair enough. Uh, last question on the way out. CB asks, "What are your opinions on Donda?" What is he talking about? Kanye's new album that came out. Oh, oh, that that um. It's good. It's good. Colts beat reporter. I didn't even know he had come out with a new album. He actually came out with it. Yep, they forced his hand. The, the, the record label just released it and said, deal with it. We're putting this out. He was mad about it, but it's better than I thought it was going to be. It's like 26 songs. It's way too long, but better than I thought it was going to be. Lane asked your thoughts on Dude and Juanita, the Sturgill Simpson album about you know, basically a movie, a Western he wrote in his it, I need to listen to it more, but I like it so far. I like concept albums. I like story albums. I need to keep listening to it. I have done a bad job of listening to it. Um, I guess it's called an Eastern. It's more, he's, he, that's what he said. He didn't want to write a Western. He wrote an Eastern. So I didn't mean to. It's good. It's hard to listen to it. I did experience like Spotify will give you the daily playlist they curate for you. And every now and then, since I listen to it so much, they'll throw one of the songs on the album just randomly into my playlist, and I do skip it. It's hard not to listen. It's hard to listen to just one song from it without listening to the whole story. That's my, that, that, yeah, that, that's my definite thought, is that you have to listen to the whole thing, which is tough sometimes. Seth, I love you. I'll talk to you soon. I, go to you I love you, my brother. Goodbye. All right, see ya. I rolled on. Didn't think of you. With each other, fall came, and I didn't Moving backwards, hurt comes after. Healing doesn't happen in a straight line. If I cry just a little, and then laugh in the middle. If I hate you, and I love you, then I change my mind.
change my mind If I need just a little more time to deal with the fact that I should have treated you right I'm more than just a little If I cry just a little 